Welcome to the Livonian Sarah podcast where we chat weight loss, health, well-being and share our stories to help and inspire others. I'm Livoni. And I'm Sarah. And this week we're talking intermittent fasting. You've heard about it, you might have tried it or adapted this way of eating, but what exactly is intermittent fasting and what are the positives and the pitfalls of fasting? Before we begin, we want to say that because we discuss fasting in this episode, it may not be suitable for those with an eating disorder or an existing health condition or taking medications, and those individuals should consult their doctor before going on prolonged periods without eating. Uh, before we dive into the episode, I think we should explain, Livoni, why you well, may I, look I, like I, you're in slightly I, different surroundings today. Yes. <laughs> so I'm actually coming at you from North Carolina. You're on the road. In the US. I'm on the road, yes, away for work at the moment. So, uh, yeah, if You've it got... sounds a bit echoey and weird. Yeah. So you're in a, what is it, yeah, a hotel room or a kind of a... It's a hotel apartment? room, but there's suites. Mm. Yeah, so it's like an apartment. Yeah, so it's got, you know, like four rooms. and But, you know, it has that cold hotel kind of look. <laughs> Whereas Sarah's got like a candle behind her yeah. and a hydrangeas and it looks all very nice. Yes. I'm cosy in my office. Mm-hmm. You have actually, yeah. we're featuring guest Ramsey today as well. I know he's always with you. Yes. He's actually <laughs> in shop. He's today. always with me. He's always in, in the room when we are doing podcasts. Yeah. But um, today he's actually, yeah, for those that can watch, he's sound he's asleep. Crazy. These early mornings are just too much for him sometimes. We had a big day yesterday. Bless him. Um, so last week for the challenges, uh, yep. I'd set two challenges mm-hmm. for me. Um, I was going to get ready for purge and declutter month, which I've done. Yes. Printed out the list. That's fantastic. Sarah put together this beautiful list, which you can download or print out from our website, mm-hmm. livoniansarah.com. Okay. Um, and uh, lose um, a couple of pounds. Yeah. And what did I say? So I lost 1.3 kilos. Yeah. That's 2.8 pounds. Oh, I don't feel like it though. I just feel all bloated and blurt. But I think sometimes when you travel, you feel like that yeah. anyway. Well, your routine changes all sorts. Yeah, of stuff, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. did get a lot of, I'm getting, you know, a lot of movement in because I've got yeah. Ramsey. I was telling Sarah earlier that um, I took him for a hike yesterday in this national park. And I said it was like, it felt like we were the only people in it. It's like the it beginning of like, one of those documentaries. Right. <laughs> the last place you would yeah. ever see. And, um, yeah, that I'd be on, like, you know, one of those crime shows. Watching your Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people would be thinking, well, why would you go walking in a national forest in a place you don't know all by yourself? But anyway, it was fun. Ramsey liked it. That was you. And it was, you know, yeah, that was yesterday. That and Swam. There's a fantastic um, heated pool in the place that we're staying at. So I did quite a bit of swimming yesterday. It was very active. I was very active. It's raining today, so we'll see. Anyway, what about you? How'd you do? Uh, I printed out my sheet as well yeah. so that I'm yeah. all ready for my challenge. That's the first one ticked off. Starting um, on Friday. God, can you believe it? Tomorrow. February. Yeah. Tomorrow is Thursday. Isn't the first right. tomorrow? Is it? Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, because we, we record this. So, oh, I'm so confused because we, record, we normally on record on a Thursday, but today is Wednesday. Yeah, because yeah. I'm on the road tomorrow, so we have so to tomorrow's record today. Thursday. Yeah, so yeah. the first of February is Thursday, so I'm all sat. But just to think that February is upon us. I know. And then we can say spring starts next month. I know. Yes. It's already getting loads lighter, isn't it? That's good. Right. Um, and then my anyway, second sorry, my you. second part of the challenge, obviously, I was saying that I'd going to lose a pound this week. So I don't actually mm-hmm. weigh in until Friday. So I'm a little ahead of right. schedule to know that. But I have a little check where I'm at and I'm on target for losing my pound this week. So that's all good. good I you. would say that my challenges well are tick, tick. So, yeah, all good. Fabulous. Well done. Really excited about today's uh, episode because I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting. I didn't know much about it at all. You know, I mean, obviously, I kind of knew the concept of the fact that you're not eating for chunks of time, but I didn't know right. much else behind it. So I've, yeah, I've learned a lot from the research. It'd be interesting to talk through it today. Well, I find that I sleep better when I do it. But um, just to sort of back up a bit there. For those that that don't know, and I'm sure a lot of people do, or they can guess at at it, Mm. uh, you go a set period of time with no food. Yes. And all you can have is is, um, like herbal tea, black coffee, black tea, or water in that Mm -hmm. period of time. No diet drinks, no booze, no food, like nothing. Okay. And it sounds drastic, but if you do it when you sleep, which is, you know, the best time to do it. So for me, generally when I do it, and when I do it, I lose weight, I feel better, but I sleep better. But so the best uh, time, the best thing for me is what's called like a 16-8. Yes. So you fast 16 hours and then you've got an eight-hour window where you can eat. So that's generally 10 to 6 or um, sometimes 9 to 5. Or is that right? Or that's even less. Twelve to eight would be you could do, couldn't you? Right. Or but I'm, I'm eleven to seven less. Mine might be eighteen six, because the the one that I found works. No, ten to ten to six. That's eight. Yeah. That's eight. Yeah. Ten to six or ten to four, nine to five, and you know you just have to, if you are going to do it, fit it in with your lifestyle, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to do at least a 10 or 12 hours is best. 12, yeah, I was, that's, when hours. I looked up, it said basically it classed it as a fast. They were saying that it'd be at least mm-hmm. 12 hours. Yeah. Um, but ideally 16 hours seems to be deemed to be more effective. And, and part of it, it, it came about, I guess, like people do, and they look at what did we used to do mm-hmm. before, you know, everything became Food is every, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And people would get up. I mean, not even going back to like the Paleolithic days, but, um, you know, people would get up and, and work while it was still dark sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then would come in and have, especially farmers, I guess, would have, you know, their, a big breakfast at say 10, 11, whatever, 12 yep. o'clock. And so it was... I think that's kind of where it started. But there's now a lot of scientific research that's being done about it. Um, And it does help things like sleep. Um, You know, when you think about your circadian rhythm, which we should do an episode of because that's Mm. quite fascinating, really. I know there's a lot of people 
that don't sleep very well. And this, honestly, I'm a horrible sleeper. I've talked about it before on here. This helps me so much. So you stop eating at a certain time. If you normally go to bed at 11 o'clock at night, well, I'll do me. If I normally go to bed anywhere between 9 to 10, which sounds a bit early sometimes to some people, but I get up very early. Mm -hmm. So I would need to stop eating at least three hours before I go to bed. Yeah. If I can do four, that's even better. Four to five, even better yet, because your body has to digest it. And then it can take about eight to 10 hours for your blood sugar levels to, to go back right down mm -hmm. to, to normal. Okay. And then even if you, even if you're not having um, a diet with a lot of carbs, your blood sugar levels still will change. Your body has to digest the food, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, and that happens while you're sleeping and then, you know, you get up and then you leave a period of time in the morning before you eat again. So you can have coffee or a warm drink or a cold drink or whatever, as long as there's no sugar, milk, or anything like that in it. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's really not that hard. Well, for me, I think having looked at the sort of timings that they were talking about, I think for me, um, twelve p.m. so lunchtime to eight p to eight p.m. would be my ideal window. Right, I right. find it for me, it suits me a lot better. I know I eat my breakfast as we've talked about a lot later in the morning anyway. I normally have it like sort of 10 to 10.30 and trying to eat before it wouldn't work. I couldn't, I'd have to eat on my own at six o'clock and then get everyone else's right. meal. It's just yeah. not, it's not conducive from a sort of family meal mm -hmm. situation. And you go to so bed later too, don't you? I don't, yeah, I don't go to bed yeah. before 11 really. Well, and um, sometimes even later because Sarah and I get told off. You say, what are you doing? Why are you still really? awake? <laughs> Because there's five hours difference between us. Yeah. Like busted. Um, right. So I think 12 to 8 would suit me because I could still, you know, that still gives me three hours before bed. Maybe if I go to bed a bit later, maybe four hours, or maybe I could eat a little earlier. Sometimes between seven and eight would be my normal time to be having a meal. But right be finished by eight o'clock let's put it that way rather mm -hmm. than starting so for me that window works better I'm right. much happier to leave the morning the only thing that that would hinder me with because I wouldn't be able to have, to have a cup of coffee or um because I have milk in my coffee or tea in the morning would I until 12 you could just have to have it black oh man what about some sort of herbal tea? I do have herbal teas. I have those in the evening anyway, a fruit tea, something. Right. Um, but I do like a cup of tea in the morning when I get mm. up. But if you do, if you have milk, that's sorry. Yes, I know. Yeah, no, you can't do that. No. Sorry, so, folks. So then I'll have to review jasmine my... Jasmine tea. Have you ever had jasmine tea? No. So good. I should send you some. Is I'm it sure nice? Are you sure? <laughs> oh yeah oh no i see i don't do herbal teas no i don't like them no but jasmine tea is um you know made with well as it says yeah. recipe, um with the jasmine flower but it's i think it's made with like also some rice japanese tea has oh, toasted okay. rice in it yeah and they're really good they're really good i'll send you some okay. tea bags all right um before sarah and i were talking before we started doing this and I was saying how so many people focus on what you eat not when you eat mm. and and I think yes of course it's important on what you eat because if you do this you want to make sure that you've got like the high protein high you still need to dense. be clean what you're eating in that gap right. you can't just suddenly blast through whatever you right, want can you? right right 
But um, yeah, and people don't, you know, that focus on the when. And, and, you know, it's not going to suit everybody, and I, and I get it, but this is what it helps if you do do it. And mm-hmm. it does, and I, and I can uh, attribute to this because when I do it, um, thinking and memory, so it does help boost your memory, but it gives you clearer thinking. And that, my friends, is true. Um, it can help you sleep better, boost gut health. So it's good for anybody that has, yeah. um, you know, IB, uh, IBS. IBS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it gives you more energy too. It helps all your organs have a little bit of a rest, but especially your gut. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. Um, heart health, intermittent fasting can help um, blood pressure. Yeah. Uh, and restoring heart rates physical performance so it helps with fat loss and this is a big one um now with the ova in the western worlds western worlds the western world just even, the one <laughs> the one planet here um we're, we're we're all just living on one planet anyway yeah. at least we think we are a type 2 diabetes and obesity now uh account for or type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes about 50% of the population. Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot. lot. Yeah. So it can help that. It, it can help bring you the mm-hmm. A1C down. can help with your um, blood glucose, okay? It um, lowers um, inflammatory markers as well, doesn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. Which, and, you know, so that's not, as we've talked about in the intermittent fasting episode, of course, it's not just about um, joints. But it's also to do, you know, your heart. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and tissue damage too. Tissue health can reduce tissue damage. Apparently, um, that one I I can't speak from experience. I don't know, but I certainly know that um, the memory and the sleep and gut issues um, and weight can all it makes a big difference to that. Well, on the gut, I was quite interested in that. So I had a little dig down deeper to sort of mm. say, well, what, what is it then during the fasting process that helps that? And oh, it was saying that the, um, now this is lots of big words on here, but it increases the taxonomic diversity mm-hmm. and promotes the microbial remodeling. So your, your gut actually remodels when it's, when it's empty. And in particular, a family of um, anaerobic bacteria called Lacnospirite, I think I've pronounced that correctly. It, um, they flourish when it's when your gut is empty. So what you're doing is giving your gut a chance to regenerate and create the, yeah. you know, the healthy bacteria that it's looking for. Because I suppose it's not working on digesting food. It's got some space to do that. So yeah, I guess in layman's terms, it's giving your gut lining a rest. Yeah. Because you can think about it, you keep eating constantly, little snack here, little snack there. <coughs> Excuse me. And it can't, it can't regenerate because it's too busy trying to process all of it. Do something all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does make a really big difference. <coughs> Excuse me. But as well as doing it like in a day, there are some people that will go like a whole 24 hours. 48 hours with no um with no food yeah they go it's really long yeah Mm. i've never tried 
a 24 hour one. Um, I, I mean, I can, that would be interesting. But I did when people... I was younger, we did a sponsored 24 hour like oh, yeah, famine right. thing when I was younger. That's right. Trying to raise money for. Do you remember that? People. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I can remember That's thinking, right. oh, I'll never be able to do it. And what I did find mm. is that most of it is in your brain when you think you're that hungry. You know, you you just actually, right. if you can keep yourself occupied and, and carry on, you're not you're not that hungry. Um. However, yeah. I don't think for me, I don't think it's something that I'd want to do on a regular basis because. The other thing, the other thing that I did and then look into as well is it like food? Because I like, food. like tea. Yeah. Um, I like my cups of tea. But the other thing, it, you have to be careful because it can trigger overeating. So the only thing you need mm. to sort of mentally prepare yourself for is obviously the hunger hormone, grenoline. Is that how you say it? Grenoline, grenoline. Don't know. Anyway, there's a hunger hormone. Um, it can then get triggered when you're obviously fasting because it yeah. can then think that it's hungry and that then could lead you to overeat when you've broken the fast. So I think right. the other thing is you need to prepare yourself and work out how you're then going to handle your food. You don't want to rush into a great big meal when you, the first thing you eat either, do you? Cause you're That's just what, this is, blood. yeah, you're talking about people that are, that would do like a day or more fast, are you? Yeah, well, I guess at any time. I mean, some people, if they're going 16 hours without food, that could be the longest that they've been for a long while without food because they might eat Mm -hmm. far more regularly. And so there's an adjustment period, isn't there? And I think you've just got to be be ready for that and be prepared about the way you're going to handle it. So if you've gone Mm -hmm. 16 hours, you don't want to go charging in with a huge meal straight away. You know, you've got to, Mm. you know, gently feed yourself back into it and also be prepared for the fact that, if you feel hungry, don't let that lead you into overeating because yeah. then that's going to not that do was, you any that good. That was the one pitfall yeah. that I was going to say that, um, you know, because essentially you could be cutting out 500 calories out of your day, yeah. really, if you're not. Often I won't have three meals, I'll have two. But I find I do better with three smaller meals still in that window mm-hmm. um, because of exactly what you were just saying. You, you know, then I don't overeat as much yeah, or, you know, eat too much and suddenly my stomach's like, no. Yeah. And then, you know, it just goes straight through Not me great. basically. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, really that's the, the pitfall, that the only pitfall that I have with it. But I didn't start off by doing it like that. I started off by my fasting time being a bit um, bit less, mm-hmm. you know, fewer hours. Yeah. So I think if somebody was going to do this, that would be the way to go. You know, maybe start 10 yeah. and then go 12. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people um, struggle with the nighttime eating, with either not sleeping, getting up in the middle of the night and eating. Uh-huh. And that's what I was saying to Sarah. <laughs> I that was that, one of yeah. the things that yeah. started to, to pack on my weight was when I used to do that um, because I was going through menopause and, and had a, a job that, I, it was pretty crazy stressful mm-hmm. very stressful and um so I couldn't sleep and I'd get up in the middle of the night and would snack on leftovers but often just peanut butter sandwich not that anything's wrong with that but not in the middle of the night right yeah um so anyway that that's something I think that some people might struggle with a bit cutting it off the eating time off you know and then yeah. you've got to wait three hours before you go to bed and not snack because it's you know a bit of chocolate, 
See, I don't know when I was trying to think back, have I ever been someone that sort of snacks in the evening? I think years and years and years ago when I was married, I think we probably would have had, you know, got out crisps and things like that maybe in the evening. But certainly, I mean, it's been a long, 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 long time since I've been in that situation. And so it just never has. Maybe it's because I've always been busy in the evenings, particularly when my son was small and hurtling around and doing that. So maybe in a good way that cut that cycle out for me. I've never mm. I've never fallen back into the the snacking thing in the evening right. but then we don't have our evening meal until sort of seven to eight so it's not a huge amount of time I'm not hungry then because once you've finished eating at eight o'clock at night you're not hungry by 10 are you it's just it's well I'm not <laughs> well no um, I was gonna say you have to be hungry to eat but yeah. yes and but also no, like you said true. before I don't have it in I don't have things that would be ideal for mm-hmm. snacking i don't have packets big packets of crisps and stuff like that it just it no, just genuinely but then i don't the it. evening seems to be easy for me and it, this is going to be different for everybody my time when i would do exactly that sort of snacking and feel really hungry is about sort of four o'clock in the afternoon oh, and that's yeah. when i'm like oh now i need to so that's when i'd have to then be careful but that still falls you know easily within this remit because it's exactly. in that window so mm-hmm. it's not so bad mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so i find that if i do want something i try and just go and do something yeah you know what i mean like and you know we've got the purge list it is february it's a good time to start that can easily keep you distracted yeah yeah because if you're working all day and then the evenings you can be doing your little yeah purge thing that's Mm -hmm. what i'm going to be doing yeah so anyway um but i was starting to say before that there's the intermittent fasting that you can do like for each day. Um, but there's an English doctor whose name eludes me right now. Gosh, and I know it. Anyway, uh, 5-2 diet. You must yeah. have heard of that. Mm-hmm. Where every two days a week you eat less. I have a book somewhere here. Here it is. This is, let me just grab it without shaking the table um michael mosley right you know mm-hmm. yeah that particular one is about uh, has recipes and stuff in it but to me he's he was talking about intermittent fasting before it ever became popular yeah and he came up with that five two diet i know people that have lost over 40 pounds doing that where just two days a week they have 500 calories and what they that, barely eat anything on those two days yeah so it might be just one meal or they'll spread it out maybe to two meals um and they've lost 40 pounds doing that but fundamentally what they're all of this is talking about is the fact that you're going to really going to be eating less calories isn't it because yeah, you have this much smaller window that you're going to be mm-hmm. eating in Yes. On, but the, I know there's additional sleep. benefits. So the additional benefits are the fact mm-hmm. that the empty, the emptiness means that your gut and your body can regenerate and it can, you know, all of those things. All the so that's, organs. Yeah. that's separate, I think. But the actual weight loss part generally is the fact that you're eating less, surely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also I think too, for me, it's because I'm sleeping better as well, because when mm-hmm. I don't sleep as a lot of people, if they don't sleep are listening to this, they can attest to the fact that when you don't sleep, you want to eat. And always really and that's, carby, sweet, yeah, sort of stodgy yeah. stuff. Yeah. Cause you just and feel just, so, yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it's a natural process within your body that wants to do that. Yeah, because your brain needs to to get that energy. To it doesn't, you know, know. Well, it searches for the quick, you know? yeah, the quick energy fix. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you know that in itself, if you can get some good quality sleep, that will help too. Um, that that's my biggest thing with it, and like the the blood sugar level too so do you think it is just the digestion digestion thing is that what causes you to then not sleep well the fact that you've just got it Mm -hmm. a lot of food heavy yeah that and the fact that my blood sugar has gone up right so because i'm sort of borderline i'm i'm like at the high end of normal right yeah so pre-diabetic essentially um it's and i mean people might not even realize like if they get into bed and they can't sleep why it's often because of that right because of the of um that their blood sugar is like your body is trying to process the the food your sugar levels are raised Mm -hmm. and so yeah that's why because the only time three to four hours is so good the only time it happens to me is if i've eaten a really big meal too late so when you've been out normally so go out to a restaurant or out for a party or something like that and then you get into bed and I can, it's almost like a reflux thing. You know, you can feel like it's mm-hmm. sitting up here. You're thinking, oh, yeah. this, I'm going to have to sit up for a bit while this settles down. That's because I'm too full, basically, right. too full and too soon. I'm lucky, I suppose. That's the only time, touch wood at the moment. I hope I haven't just baited that. Um, but it's the only time I seem to struggle with it. Um, right. Other than that, I, you know, I can get into bed and, and go off to sleep, no matter what time I've eaten generally. However... Right that doesn't say that I don't get a better quality of sleep if it's been mm. longer, because that's the bit I haven't been able to track. So maybe actually it's a better quality, even though I am able to, to go to sleep. Right. And you just said too about reflux, like people that suffer yeah. with gastric reflux, if they can have like that three to four mm-hmm. hour window before going to bed, they'll find that that would improve as definitely, well. Definitely, definitely a lot yeah. better. So I don't know, for me, I'm a big advocate of it. And there are books that, you know, people can read um, on time-restricted feeding, intermittent fasting, that, you know, might go into more detail. But at the end of the day, if somebody wanted to do this, they could easily... It's not complicated, is it? It's not complicated. <laughs> I mean, you read no, it if you because... want to know the reasons why, but Alf, you don't want to know the reasons why it feels better, right. then you can just literally do it straight away there's right. nothing else to learn they don't have to sign up with with anybody no like to go on a plan they can still eat the foods they like as far as trying to make sure that they are nutrient dense yeah but you don't have to sign up for a monthly plan with anything you don't have to necessarily buy a book there's so much information on the internet about it mm-hmm. which you know <laughs> isn't always the best place to search pick it yeah pick and choose (laughs) but you know but there's doctors that do podcasts about it scientists that do podcasts about it as well where you can really delve in and and one of them um i will uh, put the information um below a podcast that i really like um and he has that's dr rongan chatterjee Mm -hmm. the indian and uk doctor but he had uh, a really good guy on it who's kind of like a bit like the grandfather, I guess, of intermittent fasting, although I think 
Dr. Michael Mosley is, but um, I'll put all that information in the in the show notes and the link to that particular podcast where he really delves into the scientific mm-hmm. background. Sarah and I try not to do that one because I don't know, we just worry that it might be boring for people but yeah. um to we're not scientists or we're not doctors. qualified to say that but we try and stay away from from yeah. that but um the and you know and I'm I'm not necessarily encouraging people to do this but it does have a lot of positive repercussions mm-hmm. I mean to me it makes it. it makes a lot of sense when it's when you do think and it about makes fact, sense yeah it does make sense and if you think back how traditional eating patterns were when you know, way, way, way back when food was scarce and people ate when it was available and then there would be large periods of time when you wouldn't eat. Well, they didn't eat. Mm-hmm. And actually, I yeah. think part of the problem is even if even if we don't leave such a big gap, there's just something to be said for leaving some gap in, even in between each meal. You know, there was a time when I was guilty of almost constantly eating. Eating, yeah. And you think half an hour later, you're having something else, something else, something else, like really right. small grazing even outside of doing a whole block of intermittent or fasting if you like if you don't want to call it that just leaving some space in between actually having between right. your meals and so what you're eating snack between meals constantly but eating remember yeah. that period of time where it was all about i don't know who the fuck came up with this <laughs> that you have to eat like every four hours oh, yeah. to keep your metabolism going that was like the greatest crock of shit that people have been sold. And people jumped on that bandwagon. It wasn't around for very long. Yeah. But that is just nobody really knows who the hell came up with that idea. But you don't need to eat constantly. No. It's not good to eat constantly for your body, which is why I try not to pick between mm-hmm. meals. I like to sit down and have my meal and then try not to to pick or I will have my meal and if I'm craving something sweet because lunchtime's my thing just mm-hmm. after lunch is when I'm like mm, something sweet yeah um I try and make it so it's at least high in fiber but I'll have that all at once I won't leave two hours and then have yeah mm-hmm. I'll have that with a cup of tea afterwards and then I go a period of time before yeah. I then have dinner but um, but also I think for me, not having to make three meals a day because often when I do this, I just have two meals a day. Mm-hmm. But um, it makes a difference not having to cook and then clean up too. Yeah, that's true. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's almost like I'm. I find it relatively straightforward to leave it longer mm. in the morning to not have food. Mm-hmm. But for me, the moment I've broken that, once I've started eating, that's when you it triggers me. Like, what else is next then? Because I've, yes. yes. But no matter what time, that could be at eight o'clock in the morning or that could be at 12 o'clock at lunchtime. It, whenever I start the eating, I think my brain then suddenly says, oh, you've started. Okay, so what next? And the right. way I suppose I get around that is I try to make sure that what I'm eating is a, is a good enough size that I feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I've learned about myself. Everybody is different. Whatever right. suits yourself is fine but for me if I have something too small once I've started eating I then feel like I just want to go searching for what's next what's next so I think Mm -hmm. that for me that I'm fine leaving this big long gap that's no problem once I've started I need to make sure I've had something not massive but decent to stop then this constant searching so Mm -hmm. that I can leave a nice gap in between then having something else because I think that is important and we live in a society where it's so easy to get 
food all oh. the time all, all the time, time. Yeah. and yeah. I think that's part of the downfall isn't it really the fact that everything's so accessible mm-hmm. and we live in a world where we just you want it you want it now even if I wake up really hungry I find once I get into my morning exercise shower get going do some work yeah already the hours of big glass of water pass. Mm-hmm. yeah drink lots of water I always have a coffee I make a bit of a ceremony out of it um and then you know suddenly it's like four yeah hours or more have passed and I'm like oh I can have something to eat now mm-hmm. um but just to just to do a little quick recap so we don't run out of time yeah um so intermittent fasting as a lot of people know it's going a long longer period of time anywhere from 12 to 18 hours or more mm-hmm. um, of having nothing to eat, just, you know, black tea, coffee, water. Um, now what it can help is, well, one, it's free as we talked about. You don't have to go on a plan. costs you nothing, okay? Yep. Um, it releases anti-inflammatories signaling, right, mm-hmm. to strengthen the immune system. Um, it also helps you sleep better, more energy, um, helps with digestion, heartburn, clearer mind, uh, weight loss, improved gut health, um, also can help reducing the, uh, pre-diabetes and type two diabetes symptoms and, um, also can burn fat and yeah, lots of, what about me things here? Um, perfect. It helps the organs, heart disease, and age-related disorders, and um, IBS, as we said, inflammatory sounds like bowel disease. The body likes it, by the sound of it. So the body does like it. Mm-hmm. It likes not having to process and digest all that food. What's our challenge, Sarah? So our challenge is this coming week for this week to cut off your evening eating entirely for a minimum of three hours before bed so even if you know you then set what your fasting aim is going to be after that try this is that's your challenge to have your finished finish your food a minimum of three hours before bed that's this week's challenge okay that's a good challenge and also remember we're doing our um, purge month Get your so, list, get your list get printed your list, out, get, get prepped, get ready. That. And that okay. starts tomorrow first. Yeah. Yep. So that's uh that's our challenge. Next week we are going to be talking about perfectionism. Yeah. And why we need to stop waiting until we have things perfectly in line. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> yeah. I am too. really bad. Yeah. Um, so we want to get started on those goals and tasks that we've been putting off, waiting for the perfect time. Perfect time is going to be right now. So that's next week. Thanks for mm-hmm. tuning in um, and letting us into your space. Uh, be sure to visit LavoniaandSarah.com for your printable um, and or downloadable checklist. Yep. Find links to the notes below um, to connect with us on Instagram, YouTube, and uh, also I'm going to put the doctor's links yep. to other podcast links that if you are interested in intermittent fasting and learning more about it from an actual doctor, um, you'll have that information as well. Yeah. Anyway, so I hope this week's, or we hope this week's going to be a really good one for you. 
It's going to be whatever you put into it. Absolutely. Make it a good one. Thank you so much for listening. And we will chat to you next week. Bye for now. Bye.